Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio Dispatches from The Verge. Today, David Morrison and I sit down and talk about the Asbury revival uh, that's going on in Kentucky or um, sort of over the last month has been uh, making some news. Uh, we juxtapose that with, we actually start off with talking about the He Gets Us Super Bowl ads and uh, ads that have been running throughout the football season and um, kind of how David uh, read up on that and kind of brought him to this other uh, thing as far as what was going on at Asbury and, and the rabbit hole he went down and, and then uh, and then I went down and sort of prepared and decided to have a conversation around it. So, but before we get into that, thank you to Danny West. He does all the editing and sound engineering. Thank you to Jacob Nedia at Monk Drums. That's what you hear in the background. Uh, if you want to learn more about Desert Rain Community, check out theruined.com. If you want to catch other episodes of Desert Rain Community Radio, uh, drcrpod.com is a place to go for that, or any podcatcher you found this episode on. Uh, dreamwalkerway.com to pick up a copy of David's book, Desolate Beauty. Uh, we are also have been releasing American Sign Language translations of the book, Desolate Beauty. If you go to YouTube and search Dreamwalker Way, Dreamwalker is one word, uh, you should be able to find those. Uh, if you enjoy what you're hearing, please tell a friend and uh, social media. They both really help us out. We appreciate you. And let's get into it. Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio. David Morrison. On the radio. MT Wait, what was it? MTV killed the radio star? Video. Ah, damn. The first I knew, video I, I was played on MTV in 1980. I was there at you, my friend Mike's I, house. We, we watched it live. They had cable. Um, how are you doing, sir? I'm all right. I'm allergied up, but I'm all right. Allergied up. Um, yeah, this is here. actually the first day in like a week and a half where I feel somewhat normal. Uh, today, we are talking about some current event type of things. Um, so about a month ago, we're about a month removed from the Super Bowl. It's been that long. It's been, yeah, we're four days removed. Feels like two weeks. Or, it was on the 12th and today's the, anyways. And during that event, where luckily Philadelphia was outgunned, there was a little Super Bowl ad. Yes. About Jesus Cristo. He gets us. He gets us. <laughs> and at the same time, uh, a interesting thing was going on at a seminary, a little seminary in Kentucky, Asbury Theological Seminary. I was unaware of it. I was obviously aware of the Super Bowl ad because I'm a football fanatic. But um, while you and I were discussing the football ad, you kind of put me on to this uh, Asbury revival that was going on. Mm, yeah. um, so maybe we could start with the ad and kind of, it caught your attention and it, it correct me if I'm wrong, it kind of sent you down a, a rabbit hole of sorts to see, see what the origin story was for that, for that particular 
uh, Super Bowl ad. Yeah, I had been seeing these. He gets us. That's true. I, yeah, on one Reddit. Thing, one thing to well, and one thing to say is it wasn't just Super Bowl ads. They've been running them all yeah. basically all of football season. Yeah, and Reddit doesn't let you uh, let them know you don't want to see that ad like Facebook does. <laughs> you can't exit out. Exit no, out of it. you can downvote it. And so, yeah, I mean, let me widen the context a little. Uh, so at the same time, I was really just trying to prepare some content for us to meditate on the first Sunday of Lent. And so, uh, yeah, so I was trying to come up with material for that. You know, the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness, which mm. is the first Sunday of Lent. It's right. always it's always that that passage. And and I think March had already sent me a a joke message saying uh uh you know Jesus couldn't afford the medium sized jacuzzi, he gets us. <laughs> and then she sent one, Jesus couldn't afford a multi billion dollar marketing team, he get wait, what? Wait a damn second. <laughs> yeah. And so Jesus couldn't afford a Super Bowl ad. Wait, wait, what? Wait a minute. And so, you know, the nature of the temptation is is for Jesus basically to gain celebrity mm-hmm. as a Messiah, you know, come playing playing the big room in Little Caesar's palace. Uh, Doing all the big shows, yeah. baby. And, and so it's, so there's that. And so, and I'd read in a commentary for it, you know, that the church has always been uh, obsessed with making Jesus into a celebrity and therefore benefiting from that celebrity status. I was going to say, because it, it it's a direct... Uh, financial benefit if Jesus becomes a, you know, we've talked about superhero Jesus and, yeah, and celebrity, yeah. you know, and now we're talking about celebrity Jesus, but the, the church is, and that's historically, right? Like, uh, if, you know. Yeah, make him famous, mm-hmm. you know, the and then there came a point where the, the Roman Empire became the Holy Roman Empire, mm-hmm. right? And the Protestants followed the same the same thing right so uh let me see if i can pull up that uh, that quote real quick yeah so you know i found this quote from uh i don't even know who this is he's a theologian that's all who wrote a commentary for that i was reading and it was uh douglas john hall is his name and 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 he wrote that the church has shown itself remarkably adept at exploring the possibilities of the temptation to become a celebrity for mm-hmm. Jesus to become a celebrity, whether, uh, whether it's through the cult of the saints, uh, which was big business at one point mm-hmm. in the medieval period. Well, I would say even it still is on a certain, like when you go like to a CC. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah, or to local, Fatima. it's localized. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the exploitation of science to find medical and other miracles. So the entire charismatic and Pentecostal movements, mm-hmm. Or the staging of huge media triumphs. Uh, and, this, and just to clarify, this was written before the Super Bowl. Ad. Oh, yeah, years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah this yeah. is probably 10 years yeah, old. Yeah, right, right. Uh, above all, by presenting Jesus himself as the ultimate celebrity, Christians have sought preeminence for themselves and their own religion. And so that's, and so, yeah, so I was thinking of, of that. Uh, and then, you know, the ad, the Super Bowl mm-hmm. ad made perfect sense. And then I started, yeah, digging in to see who's behind it. It was not easy to find. Right. Uh, 
but I follow a a, a, a blogger named Captain Cassidy <laughs> McGillicuddy. <laughs> There's no way that's, that's awesome. her real last that's name. That's awesome. <laughs> Captain Cassidy McGillicuddy, and I and I follow her blog because she she also is a recovering Roman Catholic and mm. a recovering Pentecostal, and uh, and so she she writes about these things. You and, got some common ground there. Yeah, and she's a Gen Xer. So she has that same skept, skeptical nature and mm-hmm. jaded personality like I do. And so so she dug into it and it's basically I won't mention their who they are, but they're they're far they're the usual suspects of far right uh theocracy of people Mil- millionaire class, right? Yeah, millionaire class, billionaire maybe even. Okay. Trying to um with the agenda of of what we call dominionism which is for the Christian church, specifically the brand of evangelicals, mm-hmm. to take dominion of the United States, uh, every sphere in our, in our culture, mm. from law to business. Um, and, so, and, and so you see them behind, uh, you know, trying to incriminate drag queens. Uh, you know, s- someone's paying for this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so um, the, all that kind of stuff. And so... So her uh, theory is, uh, you know, why why are they doing this ad? And one of the theories is is that they're trying to rehabilitate the harsh image of the the, the right wing evangelicals mm. uh, with these progressive sounding because the ads are the, pretty kind of a progressive Jesus, you the, know, the Magistan group, right? Yeah. Trying to get them reformed uh, so that they'll vote for their next mm-hmm. candidate, you know, get them out of Trumpism and mm-hmm. QAnon and that kind of thing. And, so that they can continue to be a viable voting block for them, for their purposes. Yeah, of course, of course. And so that's that's just one of, and that's probably one of the lighter ones mm. uh, of of these ads. Um, so yeah, so it's they're fairly cynical, and and you know, and I'm cynical even now coming out of uh, anything that's that looks exploitive or uh, sensational. The you know, because that's one of the temptations of Jesus is to throw himself off oh, right. the the parapet of the wall of the temple and in front of everyone during the, saved. yeah, during Passover when everyone's there uh, or maybe during Pentecost, you know, when, when there's travelers from all over at when, the temple, when it's a busy, busy yeah, the busy time, time <laughs> to get as much exposure on his Insta as he can and, and throw himself off and the angels in front of everyone will rescue him and they'll know that he's the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so that's one of the temptations from the devil. Yeah. But and those are the very things that often the church is praying for yeah. <laughs> and pursuing. So yeah. the very things that Jesus is tempted of and rejects as something evil, the church has sought after with a passion <laughs> and prayed for. So that's that is a major stumbling block for me, you know, as a Pentecostal, as a charismatic. Uh well, just someone that's familiar with the gospels. Right. You don't even yeah. have to necessarily be in those those buckets to. Well, what to I'm trying to cynicism. say is, in my earlier years, from teenage years all the way to my early 30s, I was very much committed to miracles, to seeing miracles happen, mm-hmm. uh, signs and wonders for the sake of the kingdom of God. That's the whole vineyard thing. Mm. Uh, and so, so the, yeah, so just the story of the temptation alone, the temptation of Christ in the mm. wilderness. Uh, throws a monkey wrench in that mm-hmm. for me, and and I've had to struggle with it for all these years. 
and then and then the way that he handled his miracles in the, in the gospel stories he really does mean it when he says don't tell don't people don't tell people he really did mean that it wasn't you know <laughs> it wasn't reverse psychology and marketing <laughs> right and so so that's so yeah well and it's then, funny cuz he doesn't just do that once or twice no, no, it's you a pattern. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, yeah. it's, it's for sure an established pattern across yeah. all the Gospels. And there's even some obscure translations that say that he's ang- he actually is angry of, at having to perform a miracle. Mm. And so that's kind of con- that's a controversy of its own, right? Yeah, yeah right. Uh, so anyway, so that's, that's kind of where I'm coming from now. And on top of that, being a Gen Xer, so I'm already... Uh, skeptical, you know, we're just, uh, we kick the can down the road and shrug our shoulders. You know, the world's going to end. And we're like, yeah, okay. (laughs) It's kind of hard. Like it ended years ago. (laughs) Yeah. Never started for us, you know, so we're not, yeah, we're not really. So how did this, this rabbit hole of the uh, Super Bowl ad sort of lead you to this um, Asbury revival? Yeah. So, so then, so in the same weekend, looking at all this stuff, um, uh, I had been seeing this on social media, this this so-called revival mm-hmm. at the school in Asbury. And I've heard of Asbury. It's, it's, it's Methodist-affiliated. It's not founded by the Methodists. I remember our friend Randall Parton being very particular about that point. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. They're not a Methodist <laughs> school, you know. Um but but the you know the name Asbury, not so much the, the universe, is an important part of Methodist history and all that. Mm. So so I started seeing that on social media, you know, this and seeing photos of and on Reddit as well, making fun of it. Mm. And uh, uh, photos of, of so basically what happened is these I don't remember which day, it was sometime in February. Mm. They had their regular uh, as Christian schools do, they have a, a chapel time, usually a weekly chapel that they all have to go to. And apparently a couple of kids, maybe a dozen or so students, uh, they're not kids, um, uh, stayed behind and began to pray and repent. But it was, see, there's prayer, but then there's like very fervent prayer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so this was fervent prayer. And within a week, thousands of people were streaming in and and it was a a never ending prayer time, uh, and I've seen these as a as a charismatic and a Pentecostal. I've I've witnessed uh, just off the top of my head. Um, oh, probably two of these kinds of things. Um, not to mention very local as well in my own experience. Uh, so, uh, and one of them we've talked about a couple of times on the podcast. The, yeah, the, the Toronto, Toronto blessing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I I was in several meetings and mm-hmm. conferences and seeing that that phenomenon, if you will. Uh, and so you know, and and being a part of there was a there's a part of the vineyard history that they call the prophetic era, where they brought in these this group called the Kansas City Prophets, mm. and you know, and and I was very much. I operated very much in that gift, so to speak. At least they told me I did. And mm-hmm. um, well, I think we've talked about that too. A yeah. Couple different times so, so I became very jaded uh, of these things because the prophecies are are just always recycled mm-hmm. as as new rubes. I mean, uh, believers come in <laughs> and and they just become these recycled things that appeal mm-hmm. to people's desire to get out of the pain of their lives, which is a real desire, of course. When you're in pain, you want to get rid of that pain, or to uh, make it financially. Americans were suckers for that. Uh, 
to get some sort of financial gain, you know, and, mm-hmm. and so they'll, they'll just recycle the same old, same old prophecies. This is the year of Jubilee. Every year is the year of Jubilee <laughs> to one of these, to one of these televangelist types, you know, and, uh, and just claim your, you know, your, your healing. This is, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they bring up people with nondescript illnesses and they claim healing. Yeah, and so, cured. but you with cancer, I guess it was just, you know, it wasn't the, your year. And then they it wasn't your you. year of jubilee. Right, exactly. <laughs> and and they gaslight you for it. You know, well, you didn't pray hard enough. You had sin in your life. It's the ultimate gaslighting. Mm. Uh, it's it's what an abusive spouse would do. You know, and and except they do it organizationally, so it's mm-hmm. even more powerful. So so when I started seeing that on you know social media. And, uh, and when you mean seeing that, the you're talking about the Asbury revival. Yeah, I just I wasn't very interested in it. Um, until I did, uh, until I saw, uh, Nadia Bowles Weber was also, a, uh, a jaded, uh, Gen Xer mm-hmm. and, and she wrote a blog piece on it mm-hmm. and her perspective really made me, uh, I better take a second look mm-hmm. at this. Um, and then I ran into also just, just the stuff that I subscribe to on, 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 uh, you know, social media. Uh, Quakers, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and um, uh, and so a group of Quakers had gone, and they and, and a young woman, I forget her name, but she wrote up a piece mm-hmm. of of their visit to the place. So then it made me have to reconsider it, and I realized, yeah, something at least at this point, at this moment, mm-hmm. right, uh, something legitimate seemed to be happening there mm-hmm. uh, because they were. Oh, and then and then I uh, lurked and uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, became a voyeur. <laughs> On, social, on a, a, a on face, a professor face, Facebook stalker. <laughs> well, let me let me back up. Uh, so it was Nadia Bowles Weber's posting of the the blog piece, and then uh, it was um, comments on her Facebook page. Okay. And one of the comments was a professor at the school who's there, and so I became a voyeur on his page mm-hmm. and read some very interesting things there and realized. Mm-hmm. They really are attempting to make this low key. Mm-hmm. They're not trying to exploit it for at least at that point. They weren't uh, revivals have a nasty tendency of mm-hmm. turning into uh, a money grabbing yeah. celebrity grabbing thing. But from what people saw is just a very simple, they're trying to protect the, the privacy of the students praying. Mm-hmm. That was a major concern. And they were trying to protect the, uh, the, the normal daily life of the small town that they're in. Right, right, right. Yeah. So the traffic, because you know, we're talking buses, trying, trying, right. buses and buses of people mm-hmm. descending upon them. And so then they quickly put a schedule to it by the end of the third week, maybe mm-hmm. or second week, so as to stop traffic. Mm-hmm. So, but a Pentecostal would say, and I would have said 20, oh, see, there's the, the hand of mankind, the hand of the ego trying to control what God's doing. But no, they're really trying to protect uh, the students and protect the intimacy of mm-hmm. this meeting. Well, and it's still an operating, it's not a church. No. It's yeah. an operating university exactly. as well. They've so got, it's, yeah, it's, they've got classes yeah, as they well. Yeah, ha- they have a chapel, yeah. and that's where it's happening. And it's a theological school. <laughs> exactly. Um, it, it's funny. I, I So I'm going to give... Yeah, there I am. Yeah, I'm going to give a shout out to... Uh, so I listened to two podcasts sort of as a build up to this. Okay. So this isn't an endorsement of their podcast because I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm not sure what the rest of their podcasts are, but they each had one... Of, well, one of them had a four-part series and I just la- listened to the last part, but... 
the Two Trees podcast, um, the two gentlemen from that actually went to Asbury. Okay. Um, and they're they're obviously from some kind of Christian background because one of the guys kept talking about how he had seen these types of things, okay, but in a negative way, and okay. how this this one to him. It, it, he was he was very skeptical going into it, right? And he was he 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 talked about how um, just being there for a few minutes inside the chapel, it it seemed as though, like you're saying, it's something different. Seemed legitimate, on. yeah. Um, and then the other podcast I listened to was more to the story with Andy Miller the third, who apparent this Andy Miller gentleman apparently went to Asbury, um, both the undergraduate and then the theological school. So he, he, oh, okay. he, he wasn't at the revival, but and he knows was, the school. Yeah. He said, he said it, it was similar. He said he, he imagined it similar. Like if your cousin gets famous, like becomes a famous actor oh, okay. and you're like, Oh, I know that person. Yeah, like I, that's, I cream that's with that's him. Well, was, we went to the water park together, <laughs> you know? And so, so it was, he said from like, as a observer, um, it was, you know, it was neat to see his school sort of going through this be, because his podcast is also, they, they both are Christian type podcasts. Yeah. And, and so, um, so he interviewed two people. He interviewed someone that two people that had been there. One, she was a student and part of the worship team. And then another woman that had, um, oh, she was affiliated with the Salvation Army in some way, shape or form, but she went and spent some time and, and, um, was helping to lead prayer, uh, while she was there. But, one of the things that, especially from the two the two trees podcast, um, they were talking about, um, and so you might be able to give me some reference points for this. Um, so Billy Graham had a famous revival, right? Like a revival tour type thing, uh, or am I thinking of someone else? We're talking about different things in the classic sense. So maybe, so maybe, yeah. So maybe that's where we should start. Is like this idea of revival. Okay. Yeah. Awakening you know I mean? and revival. Yeah, yeah. So maybe you could talk about that and 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 you know put it in the context. You know, there are people that are sort of hucksters that are leading these types of revivals, yeah. and then there's authentic ones going on. Um, whether it's a revival or reawakening, so maybe you could set the table, kind of with. Yeah. So. So the word revival and the word awakening can be like, like the, the president of Asbury uh, commented on this particular one and said, this is more of an awakening than it is a revival. Mm. Uh, but other people would call would reverse the two. So <laughs> right. it's kind of like contemplative prayer and, medita- and meditation, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, centering prayer. Yeah. If you talk to a Buddhist <laughs> meditation is what contemplation is to most right. Western Okay. And when we say contemplation, that's what meditation is yeah. to Eastern. So, so yeah, revival, awakening. A revival is a spontaneous, uh, passionate, uh, and I and I emphasize the word spontaneous move of the spirit on people mm. toward repentance, towards gifts of the spirit, towards empowerment, towards uh, conversion. Mm-hmm. Um, and and changing their life around repentance, uh, altering their lives for the was, sake of the gospel. Yeah, that was one of the interesting things the woman the woman from the Salvation Army was talking about was this idea of conversion. Yeah, you know, and people just not even know it has no context for 
Christianity or Jesus yeah. are very limited in their, you know, they're coming to the altar, but then they're like, I don't like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what this is about, but I, I feel moved. Exactly. Yeah. And, and most people in, in uh, most, most people who aren't geeks like, like I am in this, this kind of stuff uh, would think of a revival as it's a sign that a church puts up for a special weekly, ser- a week, mm. you know, and they put a tent in there. In their parking lot, and they call it the revival. That's not what we're talking about here. Okay, we're talking about where a normal gathering of people, usually a prayer meeting, usually a small prayer meeting, mm-hmm. and unusual things begin to happen. Okay, uh, they feel very much empowered. They feel very much in touch with the heart of God, more so than they normally do. And so, and then it can grow into a larger. Mm-hmm. A larger thing where it affects society that would be called in Asbury president's mind that would be a revival where it becomes societal mm. where it, it enters the zeitgeist uh so 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 let me jump in right there so one of the things the guys from the two trees podcast kept saying was um they kept talking about a lack of fog machine and laser exactly laser lights. so that would be like the tent thing you're talking about right where it's, yeah. it's planned or normal out. church these days Let's, right right right, yeah, right. but, like but there the, the, in their conversation it was specific to quote unquote revivals yeah. they had seen in the past that see yeah they were it would they basically yeah. they were saying they were they were just fake shows like one of the greatest revivals in modern you know in the last 100 years mm-hmm. would be what we call the pentecostal revival Okay. So there was a small meeting of people that were just simply praying in, I think, Kansas in the late 1800s. Okay. And they began to speak in tongues spontaneously. And then it began to spread. And, and then from there you have, you know, it becomes a movement and de- denominations are formed. But at the very epicenter mm. of it, it was a le- legitimate, uh, simple beginning and then at the same time, in the early 1900s, a man named William Seymour, who was, uh, he was either a former slave or his parents were, were okay. slaves. I don't remember. But, but he was a, a black man who went to, was invited to lead a prayer meeting in L.A. And this was like 1901, something like that, 1906, some, I, you know, the, the early 20th century. Right, right, right. And was kicked out because they were integrated. This little prayer meeting was integrated, black and white. So they went to Azusa Street, which was a house. Wait, uh, he was kicked out because it was a church. Uh, because they, uh, I'm sorry, what did I say? Because they were integrated. Yeah, they were not. Raci- they were racially integrated. And but why'd they kick him out? Because churches were segregated at the time. They didn't want blacks and whites praying together. It's like Martin Luther King Jr. said. The most segregated hour of the week nationwide is Sunday morning. Right. Churches are so. So the church on Azusa Street was integrated. The church, his meeting, William Seymour's meeting was integrated in a segregated church. They were borrowing this church. I see. I see. Yeah. I see. I, I, and so I, they were I asked thought to, just him as an individual. No. So I they see were what asked you're saying. Leave. His church was integrated. Right. He didn't have a building for it. No. Okay. So, right. they were, right. so he was invited to move the meeting to a house on Azusa street. Okay. And it just exploded again. People spontaneously speaking in tongues. They are praying around the clock. Uh, the people are being empowered by the thousands. Uh, 
And then he was again a white minister, manipulated and and had him pushed out uh, eventually as well. Right. And so, so that was the Pentecostal, the birth of the Pentecostal movement, which was in its epicenter was integrated. It was with the poor. Mm-hmm. It was with the downcast. It was, it was spontaneous. It, it, spontaneous. Yeah, and there's no show to it. There's no. Uh, so so Billy Graham would just be a ministry that was very successful. Okay. At converting people. So the, and maybe you could speak a little bit on this sort of caricature that's out there in the zeitgeist of uh, tent revivals that were huge in the yeah. South and stuff. I mean, I know right. it was more than just the South, but. You, Part of the caricature is like, oh, those dumb Southerners falling for a tent revival type yeah. thing. So maybe you could speak a little bit on, you know, what what is, what is, what is that in the in yeah. the scheme of not scheme, but in the its place in Christianity? Because you know, it obviously does have a, a time and place within the, the yeah. History that that would definitely be the Pentecostal movement. So these people, okay. individuals, get empowered. Uh, they'd fall on the floor in a trance, uh, speaking in tongues. They claimed this could be the the sensationalism added afterwards, mm. but they claim um, they received uh, the languages of actual countries mm. that they would go to and become missionaries, and where they were able to speak the language. Uh, you know, again, I Gen X that shit there, right, yeah. but uh, but that's that's the claim mm. later. You know, uh, miracles of healing, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, and so, so yeah, so these individuals would would go out and get a tent and, and start Just go, go from and, town and, to town. Yeah, and, and some are charlatans, some are legit. Mm. You never, some are halfway in between. Mm. Uh, it's never clean. It's never mm. nothing's ever uh, black and white like of that. Course, yeah. And so, so that that was the Pentecostal movement. And then, but then there's one later. Uh, uh, called the, the 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 Jesus People Movement, which we we talked about last time, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, we uh, mentioned a little bit on the Phyllis Tickle episode, I believe. Yeah, and so and so this one at Asbury uh, is apparently the ninth time this has happened at that school. Mm. It's the ninth uh, revival, if you will, the ninth awakening, um, and the last one was. Uh, this Jesus people movement in the seventies. I see. Uh, and so, yeah. And, and my thesis would be these, these little awakenings, these, these revivals, um, they are, if you will, uh, the spirits answer the spirits response to the greater cultures, deepest needs at that time. Mm. So, so like this Toronto, blessing movement the the 90s if you remember were the the larger culture was was pretty angry Mm -hmm. and so this was a a movement of joy this was a movement of carefree Mm -hmm. uh, kind of a carefree spirit kind of thing um going back the jesus people revival was uh just uh the the tumultuous 60s uh, institutions were crumbling. Mm. Nobody knew where, you know, the, the mm-hmm. heroes were all shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in 1970 alone, there was a bomb that went off somewhere in the United States every day that year in 1970. Um, and so it was just this whole generation of, of youth that were just wandering and kind of lost, uh, heavy drug use, no trust in the institutions. Mm. They're sending you off to Vietnam. 
and this this brought kind of a, a sense of purpose and direction mm-hmm. that that revival. And so the the I think it was an older student at the school wrote this comment that he believes that this particular awakening is uh, is is all about uh, the generation of today of young people are very much. Uh, feeling isolated, mm-hmm. f- very much suffering with with mental illnesses. I don't know if that's because we're able to identify them now more. Uh, well, I think with the lockdown too. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it, the it, lockdown it, generation. It, 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 um, right, there's things that can make them better and worse, right? Yeah. And isolation is definitely not something that helps with mental illness. And so it's an age of deep anxiety amongst young mm-hmm. people. And the characteristic of this meeting at Asbury apparently is a deep calm, a deep mm-hmm. peace that descends on on the the people praying. Uh, apparently, there's only one, two, three people playing guitars. They're not amped. There's no smoke machine. They're not trying to get people to sing. Um, there's no manipulation. You know? well, and the way I heard it described the best, like it connected in my brain for whatever reason, but they said it was a consistent... Um, drizzle of grace so if you think about rainstorms you know you have the huge downpours yeah and this felt more like a consistent drizzle yeah, of jesus good. of christ's grace in within the well the campus as a whole right like because there was yeah. people spread out all over campus but especially inside the inside the chapel the um i believe it was the guys from the two trees podcast was talking about about that that it was just sort of this consistent like like you're saying peaceful drizzle of grace and it just it was a very um in their mind uh sort of counterintuitive because you think about you know when you think about these revivals and these these uh many people coming together you know yeah. and and for me, I think that was the the most um profound thing for me is you know sort of the last 3 years and the timing is very interesting too because we're coming right up on the 3 year anniversary of the lockdown right but like right. all of these people coming together in one space yeah yeah you know to to you know and not you know like you think about it like a a music festival you got to do a lot of planning for that to happen right right? right. sort of going back to this idea that you were talking about the the spontaneity of people um being called to go there and 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 feeling moved to go there and think things of that nature was um that was sort of the profound thing to me as i was sort of uh listening to these podcasts and reading about this stuff and and just hearing other people's opinions about it or perspectives, I guess would be a better word. Um, Just like, man, imagine, you know, imagine two years ago, something like you just, it it wouldn't happen. You know what I mean? And and so for this to kind of be the, not the opening up, but just this, uh, you know, coming out of the isolation and and back into, into community uh, maybe the 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 symbolism in and yeah. around that the other thing that interested me about it was that at the time at least i don't know about now but so this may this may be dated like uh this may be dated like old milk <laughs> by the time <laughs> was, uh, who knows you know well this this Just podcast like, will be released in next week so next tuesday I, so. I remember there was a podcast we did a couple of years ago where i was 
uh, saying, you know, how great Dave Chappelle is, and that hasn't aged that well, I guess. No, he's still he's still he's still the goat. All right, <laughs> he's still a great comedian. Yeah. It aged. <laughs> um, I don't think so. Kind of like uh, we watched uh, History of the World Part One, the first movie by Mel Brooks, and there's oh, oh, parts oh. of that is yeah. very cringeworthy and did not age well. Uh, <laughs> but anyway. Uh, the thing that also interested me is that there are these these right wing uh, pundits, uh, Christian pundits, mm. uh, are always calling for a revival oh, on right, Twitter, right, right. but they mention nothing about this one, and so that kind of said, "Oh, if these guys hate this, then it might be something real," <laughs> uh, because and they weren't invited to it. They're probably angry because they mm. weren't invited to push forward their hate. Uh, their, to their set, homophobia to, to set up their studio cameras yeah, exactly and report live reporting live uh, to, to support their misogyny and their xenophobia and their gospel of hatred is what they have and so yeah they they were absolutely silent on it and so that was very interesting yeah me. well and i mean just sort of um i mean no one was invited in that capacity no. right like not even you know what i mean like the fact that there wasn't any sort of mainstream type like, hey, come check this out. Yeah. And what I mean, you already stated it, but the focus on um, making it uh, sustainable and, and yeah. allowing classes to still take place and allowing the city to still operate and, right. and is quote unquote normal as you can when you're having thousands of people descend on a specific yeah. place. It, it, it's a tough thing to do, but... Um, to still sort of have that in mind and, and have the focus on that and not not have the cameras from right. you know any of the pundits right any any of the um, sort of uh, you know if you think of like the culture wars you know what I mean not yeah. not having anyone there to sort of do that and and even it sounded like you know they had a very specific way on how you would be able to they had things in place of so just not just anyone could go up and grab the microphone. Like they had things in oh, place. Okay, yeah. You know, I, I, I can't remember how the gentleman described it, but there was some kind of, uh, if you felt moved to pray or, or sing or something, you had to, there was like, you know, I, I don't know if you signed in or, you, you know, you did it electronically or whatever, but they had things in place to, you know, mm. sort of limit like, you know, we're, we're not going to have, like you're saying, like have people come up and push, push whatever they, they yeah. want to push. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it was very much, within this idea of feeling moved and feeling called and, and, um, and one of the women, so the, the other podcast more to the story with Andy Miller, the third, he interviewed a woman who was on the worship team. Um, and she was talking about how people were, um, cause this, not this idea, but the talk about, um, all, all, all ethnicities were represented, there was, you know, people from around the world that had showed up and, and she was talking about um, people encouraging other people to like, you don't have to sing in English. Like, you know, if, if you, you know, and, and there were people singing in their in their native tongues, you know what I mean? And, and really this idea of like um, developing and, and welcoming whatever, you know, whatever showed up within and within the chapel, you know, yeah. and, and I thought that was a very interesting, it, it honestly reminded me of Tizé where they sing, you know, while they're singing, they, yeah. each, each song is in a different language, right? Like if they exactly. sing five songs, all five of them are in a different language and, and, um, uh, 
and that's every day, right? Like they just, that's how they run yeah. their singing. And it, it just sort of took me back to that of like, um, you know, which you wouldn't necessarily expect in a place like Kentucky. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah, like exactly. <laughs> the middle of, of uh, the Rust Belt America. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was a, a pretty interesting and, and uh, promising sort of perspective from there. Yeah, and I and I get it that it's not in the way that Jesus gets us; he gets us. Uh, but I, I can definitely feel for and feel with those that are uh, have been harmed and hurt mm. in awakenings like this, and um, and so. Well, that's probably what made you skeptical in the first place, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I've I've we've had many. I've, I've been witness to many awakenings, mm-hmm. you know, where, I mean, I started a prayer meeting in my teens in a back room of the church. Mm-hmm. And at one point, uh, 70 to a hundred kids were showing up on a Thursday night wow. to sit there and wait on God for mm-hmm. two and a half hours, three hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and crazy things happen. You right. Know? Yeah. Uh, you know, I remember uh, one time, one night, a, a group, spontaneously showed up all the way from Fort Hancock in their church van, <laughs> heard that there was this That's prayer amazing. meeting. You know, this is, this is before social media, right? Uh, before cell phones, before email. Yeah. And so they, this group from Fort Hancock showed up and just wanted us to lay hands on them. We yeah. did. And they all fell down on the carpet. We, we used to call it carpet time. Uh, they did carpet time. Nice. And, and that's one of the lighter things that happened. There were some very heavy things. Uh, and so, yeah, for me, it's, 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 uh, I don't want to pursue those things. Mm. I want to pursue the heart of God in a very, uh, in a sustainable way, well, a long-term sustainable way. And so, so to kind of, and, uh, and I, I realize you're talking about your own personal like desire right this moment, but to push back a little bit on that, but with these, talking about an authentic expression of it. Um, these are expressions of God's heart, right? Which one are you the, the revivals and the awakenings that are, occurring. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I also believe I, because you said, I, I want to pursue God's heart in a different way. And I just wanted to, oh, I see what to sort saying. of yeah. juxtapose yeah. like, Hey, like, you know, if it's in an authentic real way, like, yeah, that it, but you're talking about your personal opinion at this point in your life. Yeah, right. I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't want to pursue sensationalism yeah. for the sake of sensationalism. Mm. Uh, but that's not to say even, uh, like I'll just say it out loud. Uh, when I see, I'll, I'll, I'll soften it a little bit. But someone like Kenneth Copeland, when I, uh, I loathe his performance. Yeah, I loathe I, that guy's demonic lizard I have no people idea who that is. Can you tell <laughs> tell us? He's who been that a is? televangelist for years and okay. years and years. He's he is, I believe, the richest of all of them in the okay. United States, uh, almost a billionaire apparently. Mm. From and he's in my mind a total grifter. Mm. Uh, but to deny that things of the spirit, authentic things and mm-hmm. transformations of in people's lives haven't happened. Uh, I, that would be uh, not right for me to say, mm. right? Uh, an example of that would be uh, one of the Cameroonians that we were visiting 
in his incarceration. Mm, okay. He was a follower of Kenneth Copeland. And, and when he stayed at our place, he left a, a mm. little Kenneth Copeland book for me. Yeah, I remember as, that. And I remember so, that, yeah. So, so, what, so that's what I'm trying to say is mm. that I, you have to be very open. There is a parable that Jesus tells. Uh, and, and I'm not Kenneth Copeland's judge, you know, so who am yeah, I, to, just I just your, know what I like and don't like. It's your opinion of, of what you've witnessed. Exactly. Yeah, who gives know. a shit what I think, yeah. right? I'm just a, a, a schlub who, who's behind a microphone. It doesn't make me an authority on anything. But if you do want to buy a million copies of Desolate Beauty, the <laughs> book of Please do. Darkness, go ahead. We're trying to make a living off this. Uh, so um, I forgot my... You were about to talk about a parable. Oh Jesus, yeah, yeah, yeah. That Jesus, has. yeah, or Jesus talks about the end of the t- the end of the age, and and you have um, the 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 farmer plants wheat in his field, and then his enemy comes and plants thorns and mm. weeds uh, in the in the middle of it, and the farm hands. Uh, is that what you'd call them? Farm hands? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the workers of the field. Uh, Say, uh, should we dig up the, the, they call them tares, the weeds, should we, should we dig that up? And the, and the, uh, the, the planter of the field said, no, let the tares, the weeds come up with the wheat mm. and, and then we'll separate them at the harvest. In other words, he's trying to say, like God sorted out at the end, it's none of your business. Yeah. It's way above your pay grade to, to do that. And so you have to, yeah. And that was Wimber's. So, so here's people in, in vineyard meetings, uh, oinking like pigs and making chicken noises and writhing around on the floor. And, you know, and vineyard was, was fairly popular back then. Right. It was, it would get right ups, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, and so they were heavily criticized for this behavior and Wimber's stance was, I, I don't know if this is from God or not. Let's just mm. let the, let it grow out and we'll know in the, you know. We'll know at some point. So well, and that's we I trust God to let us know. I think that's the beautiful thing about time, right? Like, yeah, with long enough time, and and once again, it doesn't it doesn't come down to David and I's assessment of it, right? Yeah, but it's like you know, just over just, time, you know, things are going to sort themselves out. Yeah. I don't, I don't need it. I do get worked up about things, but at the end of the day, I don't need to get worked worked up about those exactly. things. Exactly, um, because like you said, it's it's it has very little to do with me and more to do with, you know, uh, well, we talk about it in recovery. Like if someone stays sober or gets fucked up again, it has nothing to do with me. It has yeah. everything to do with that person and, and sort of their, their path. And, you know, I can be available to be helpful, which I hope I am. Yeah. Um, but the, the results are out of my hands, if, yeah. you know, even with a lot of things in my, in my life, you know, I, I put forth, put forth a certain effort and, um, you know, however, however it grows out, you know, going back yeah. to the parable, you know, it, it, that's how it's going to grow out and, and some things will be good and some things will be shit. So, yeah. So it's not, yeah. That one of the, we're, we're coming, coming close to time, but one of the funny things that I did want to mention was one of the students they uh, had interviewed, she was talking about her, how moved she was with it. And, uh, one of the things she did say though, which was like, for me, it was like, oh yes, the, the bravado of being a freshman in, in college again, <laughs> but she, she, I, she didn't say exactly these words, but basically 
made a, a side remark about the failures of previous uh, classes. Like her freshman class was the reason this revival <laughs> was like happening. But it was just, it wasn't, it wasn't out of like, it was, it, was, it felt more out of that like 18 year old bravado. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But we and all just, have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just seeing myself in that. And it was, it was just a, a funny, uh, it was, it was almost a throwaway line of like, oh, you're so young. Like, you yeah. know, and it's, it's, but people, this kind of goes back to what you're talking about. People are uncomfortable a lot of times with spontaneity, right? Like they have to sort of make the dots align, even if it's retroactively in their mind for them to, to still have some kind of control over it. And, and, um, you know, really, really beautifully, at least for me at this age of my life of like, no, there's, there's something amazing about the wildness and the spontaneity of, of, of life, but more importantly of like, yeah. of the divine, right. And like the Holy spirit showing up and, and just like doing what it does and who yeah. knows, and who knows what that's going to be. Right. Like, yeah, that's definitely out of our hands. So, and some of it, much of it is our response to it. Mm-hmm. So it's, and people are going to all respond differently. So it's, you know, the thesis statement, if you will, of these kinds of movements, particularly the Pentecostal and charismatic would be Paul's, uh, the apostle Paul's statement. Uh, I think it's in Corinthians. He says, God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise and the sophisticated. And, and so there's a, there's, you have to have a willingness to, to be vulnerable and to be open. Openness and vulnerability are very connected, mm-hmm. uh, and to be foolish even. And, uh, and yeah, spontaneous and wild. So you need that. Yeah, it's it's, uh, but it makes people uncomfortable. It's, Absolutely, it's really, it's really interesting. Uh, even you know, even for uh, just witnessing when I'm around people, and sometimes being in that space of openness and vulnerability, and seeing other people being like, "Whoa, why is this guy saying this stuff?" Yeah, yeah. That's TMI. That's too much information. And, you know, and, and I have Guys to check. oversharing. Yeah, I have to check <laughs> myself sometimes because I, like, I forget, you know, and, and I think a lot of it has, you know, has to come with, like, our our friendship over the last several years. Like, I feel like I very much can be myself around you, right? And yeah. so because that's my sort of day in and day out, when I go into the the civilized society, so to speak, I forget to, to, to pump my brakes from <laughs> yeah. time to time. And I'm usually pretty good at it. But every now and then people are like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, what do you mean? <laughs> Better than ever. What do you mean? And then I, it connects in my brain. So, um, yeah. So we got, I don't know if you have anything else that you just wanted to, whether it's revival in general or anything that came up for you around this, uh, the Asbury revival or, um, anything else about the sort of the Super Bowl ad stuff that, that sort of got us to this conversation that that's on your heart and mind to, to sort of land the plane. Yeah. It's just, it's just reminds me to, uh, you know, not get complacent, but to, but to always keep, uh, the, the bedrock of, uh, uh, simplicity. Sorry. We have a strange bug crawling across. The- it's, it's a, it's just, it's a baby daddy long legs. Oh, That's I, why it looks so I weird. I thought it was a vinegar. No, 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 no. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah. Just to keep, Simplicity as your north star, I guess, mm. uh, and uh, but but always maintain an open an open heart, mm-hmm. and that takes, you know, it takes some spontaneity at times, you know. Mm. So and it takes some trust, 
and trust. Yeah. You know, I think trust and for me, uh, if I'm around people I trust and 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 uh, not necessarily even know, but that I, you know, I know well enough that I, you know, it's a safe safe space and not, you know, just that I can be open and and so I kind of. I use that with my relationship with, with God or higher power, you know, with Christ of like, when I'm in faith, that's when I know I can be like, actually, let me reverse that. When I'm able to be myself and be open and vulnerable and, and spontaneous, that's when I know my faith is like in a, in a good position versus when I'm clammed up and being judgmental and standoffish and those sorts of things. But at times those things are necessary too, but yeah. um, there's usually for myself, it, it uh, I'm wavering in my faith in some way, shape, or form, which you know, yeah, obviously is normal and common in different contexts. But um, it's sort of that, like you're saying, sort of that north star of like, yeah, open and vulnerability. I, I'm leaning into Those are the still faith. Good things, yeah, and closed off and guarded. I'm I'm sort of leaning away from faith, um, and it's just it, it's just something I use personally as a. Uh, as where I'm at, you know, checking in with myself, so to speak, you know? Yeah. And I would, I would also add for those that are disillusioned with these kinds of things, especially disillusioned by, uh, I, I know one of my, one of my major disillusionments is, is that how, uh, the, particularly the charismatic world, uh, uh, just fell down and began to worship this orange man, hmm. uh, and and took up a, a pos- positions of hatred. Uh, they've they've uh, fear towards you know transgender towards queer people, uh, and uh, and just there's been so much hurt there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say don't let them steal that. Mm. You know that you know. Um, you still have a heart, and mm-hmm. so and and the spirit is beyond. Uh, what the vision of that institution became or the fact that it became an institution. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I think it's a good reminder of the the heart and the soul. As people, we like to be aligned with institutions. Yeah. But as individuals within our heart and our soul, um, it's not always necessary to be aligned with institutions, yeah. I think is also a good reminder. And I, and I would suggest to anybody listening that is still a part of those, but you're you're just undercover now. You just can't stand the thought of losing your community mm, right, uh, right i would say uh take it take a step uh come out from among them <laughs> vote with your feet however you want to say it mm. uh stop funding hate mm. stop giving legitimacy to hate that's a bigger issue than you losing your circle of friends and and trust the spirit to give you a, a new set of friends you'll mm. find them on the outskirts uh for sure. Yeah, you'll find the ones that Jesus befriended, which mm-hmm. were the outsiders of the religious mm-hmm. uh, world. And so, so go, go on that, uh, take a risk. What? Uh, let's leave, let's leave these churches. And it's funny too, because I, when you first told me about the revival and we chatted about it a little bit, I, I walked away from the conversation being like, nah, that kind of sounds like bullshit. <laughs> the Asbury, oh, yeah, the yeah. Asbury revival specifically. Right, right. But yeah. I will say after, uh, reading some stuff and us talking about it more and, and listening to these podcasts, it, it's really incredible. Um, what prayer can do. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, I know prayer is amazing, right? Like you and I have talked, I I think we did a whole podcast about the power of prayer. 
Um, but it, for me, it, it was one of those reminders this week of like, oh yeah, like, you know, for me personally, there's places I have questions in my life and it's yeah. like, you know, as I'm trying to like scheme and figure it out mentally, it's like, oh no, like you have this tool, this gift called prayer, like just take it to prayer, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and, um, you know, and, and just being a part of this community for so many years and seeing, you know, seeing, uh, you know, when, when someone's going through something tough or even when people are going through through good things, how, how yeah. desert rain surrounds them in prayer. You know what I mean? And, and that's, that's one of my favorite things about this community is that, you know, people can say, Hey, this is going on. And, and the group's like, all right, well, you'll, you're going to be in our prayers and like in a very authentic way, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Not, it's not a tweet, you know, thoughts and prayers. It's, right, it's right. an actual, um, an actual community of prayer, yeah. you know, and, and what, uh, what a beautiful model it's been for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know you guys have been doing it for decades. So it's, it just kind of what, what, what the yeah. community does, but it, you know, as a sort of the outsider coming, becoming a part of the community, it's yeah. been a very inspirational and, and, um, uh, beautiful model of, of, um, how prayer can be a part of everyday life. So, um, well, thank you. In a way, yeah, I was going to say, so in a way, thank you for, <laughs> for, you know, for cultivating that over the years and, and letting me letting me be a part of it um in the recent history uh you got anything else i would just think that you know there really is a time for uh where you're just you're managing prayer Mm. you know it's your it's just your your daily practice Mm. kind of thing and then there comes times where there's a real season to seek Mm. to seek deeper and to reach deeper and to to look out for legitimate transformation uh, of your soul and for the sake of serving others, you mm-hmm. know, and, and so to take risks of faith. And well, it's funny because I, I kind of feel on the edge of that cliff. I, I feel yeah, like I've been feeling that. You yeah. Know? That's interesting. Yeah. Cause remember I suggested to you that we do an extra prayer meeting a couple of months ago. Uh, I don't remember that. Yeah. I asked you if you were interested in, if we did a, a like a, a several hour prayer meeting at night at some point and you were, yeah, you seem very open to oh, it. This I is probably even, in January. I don't even remember that. That's funny, yeah. but yeah. yeah. So I've been wanting to do that now that we're going to open up again yeah. for, you know, just wait on God, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wait on God. Fuck yeah. Um, thank you, Mr. Morrison. Thank you, Mr. Mason. Another uh, great conversation. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, Desert Rain Community Radio, Dispatches from the Burge is our name. Uh, you can find David's book, dreamwalkerway.com. You can get a copy there. Uh, if you go to YouTube and search dreamwalkerway, uh, you can find the American Sign Language translations of the book. Uh, it's a, the book is set up in five different sections. So we had, we did five separate videos for each uh, section of the book. Um, when you're hearing this, I think we'll have four of the five already up fifth one up shortly or something something of that nature so uh thanks again to danny west he does all the editing for the podcast he also has been doing uh the editing for those videos i just mentioned uh jacob nedia that's what you hear in the background is monk drums uh thank you for letting us use that and theruined.com if you want to learn more about desert rain as a community 
Am I missing anything, Mr. Morrison? Let's get into it. Let's get into <laughs> it. That's how I start the podcast. David loves it. Uh, yep. Yeah, thanks again for listening. And uh, we're signing off. Talk to you all next week.